welcome everybody to Not So Famous Achievers. Weekly conversations with some of the world's most amazing but not so famous achievers on what they did and how they did it and what you can learn from their journey. With your hosts, Will Christ and Robert White. Hey guys. We're going to have a great show today with a longtime friend, Stu Heineke. He's retreated to Whidbey Island, but he is a presence in the world and has been for many years. I have, Stu, I have a picture that goes back at least 12 years ago of you and me having coffee here in Southern California. Yeah, we go way, way, way back. It's, yes, uh, it's great, great to join you. Yeah. So, so Although, Stu, I got to say, I thought it was the famous achievers. That's I thought that was the show. Uh, uh, to be, to be, to be. <laughs> the famous achievers charged us way too much to get on the show. <laughs> so you know, tell yeah. us, go ahead, Robert. Uh, well, Stu, I, this is some part of this idea came from me and, and uh, out of my relationship with Will. And uh, uh, it, what I came from is years ago, I was resident in Tokyo and the big uh, organization there for Americans abroad in, in Japan is the American Chamber of Commerce. And I was in charge of a committee for seminars. And one of the things I learned is that the people that were so-called famous, when they came to Tokyo, they did a set speech. It had been reviewed by 18 people and uh, massaged, so it really didn't say anything that would get them in any kind of trouble. And we started looking one layer down for the not so famous people. People that actually had something to say, who felt, <laughs> who were honored to be invited uh, by us to speak. And it was the one speech maybe they gave all year. Well, they, I, I think this is prepared. a great opportunity to get in trouble. <laughs> That's good. Exactly. <laughs> That's so, what we regularly do. So tell us, Stu, tell us what you're excited about these days. Well, you know, uh, I got this book that is coming up um it's it's uh it's launching well it was going to launch the first of may then the 15th now it's the june june the first um but launching with the to coincide with the launch of weeds across the northern hemisphere it's a, a book about weeds and what we can learn from them to well certainly to grow our business to grow anything but there's a lot more actually that, there's a weed mindset isn't that crazy there's a mm. mindset and a whole a whole formula to this and it's just really exciting i can't wait to uh to unleash this on the world so what are you what are you seeing out there that that uh that caused you to pull together under the you know this sense of weeds as a business well i mean the the, the origination story happened a long long time ago living in la um i was driving the santa monica freeway it seems to me the freeway doesn't move very fast anymore. I don't know. Anyway, back in those days, it was moving really fast. And so there are six lanes going one way, six lanes coming the other way. There's a 40-foot wide median, as I remember. Maybe it's not. It seemed like it. Um, but it's a big concrete expanse. And as we were zipping along, I just happened to notice something that we, we all see all the time. But I noticed this dandelion growing out of a crack in the concrete median. It's just bouncing around in the turbulence, that smoggy turbulence we were putting out. And, you know, it had that almost fluorescent yellow flower, a couple of them, and then, and then some uh, those geodesic uh, 
seed pods and that it was blowing seeds around and it just looked happy. It looked like it was just, it looked like it was just happily running its process. And it made a living right there in the crack in the concrete in the sea of impossibility. And I just thought, I want to live up to that in my career. So I was a very young man then. And I just thought, I want to live up to that. And ever since, it just got me very, very curious about well, what is it the weeds are, how do they actually grow like a weed? You know, what can we learn from them? And it just turns out there's a huge amount that we can learn from them. So that's that's where it comes from. Well, you clearly are a troublemaker and yes. uh, <laughs> therefore a qualified guest for our little meeting here. <laughs> uh, can you, uh, I, I know you want us all, everyone, to buy the book and you don't want to reveal too much, but how about an underpinning of the book? Uh, you've given a, a bit of it, but uh, give us some tips about being a weed. I'll tell you about all of it. It's, it's okay. <laughs> well, well um, Stu, I, I just, I just uh, uh, pre-ordered the book. So you're talking to a customer right here. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I, thank you. I appreciate that. That's wonderful. So here's the deal. Weeds. They they come in all shapes and sizes. They all kind. I mean, on the on the island I live, I live on. Um, there's a there's a tree that's considered a weed. So it's a sixty foot tree, but <laughs> it's a pain in the ass tree. It's a weed, um, and and because they fall, they grow at an angle and they fall down. And oh my God, they're they're just dangerous. They're horrible. And they, but they they serve a purpose in nature. And um and and but so it, it really. It's all the way from that to all kinds of grasses and those those terrible three-leaved or, or triple-leaved um, plants on the on the east coast, poison ivy, and there's all kind. Of, actually, you know what the thing is? Weeds are just plants that we deem are out of place or inconvenient or too. They're just invasive, but that's a word that we use all the time. But they're just inconvenient. But but there is something different about them. They're very much more aggressive and resilient. Um, I would say explore. I don't know. It's just they they. They just reach out. They don't. They don't stay put. And the thing is that while they come in all shapes and sizes, they all follow the same formula. Isn't that amazing? They all follow the same formula for this rapid expansion and growth and and um, and defending their turf. And and that is that they all. It's going to sound crazy, but they leverage a, a fierce mindset. Like how could they have a mindset if they don't have brains? But there is one, and you can see it. So they lever, leverage this fierce mindset and unfair advantages, cultivated unfair advantages against collective scale. And they do it according to a process that is both millions of years old, but it's also able to, it's able to adapt on it almost immediately. And I'll give you some examples of that, but almost immediately, and it's just programmed directly into, into their DNA. So no one has to train these weeds. It's already, it's just instilled in them. But they all do this whole thing and they, they do it together. And I mentioned collective scale. They just, they do it together, they act together. And, you know, if you, if you think about it, if one weed, if one dandelion showed up in your lawn, you wouldn't worry about it too much. But if you see one dandelion in your, in your lawn, you know, just to look up and you'll see hundreds of them because that's how they operate. And they all do that same thing. And they're all connected with mycelium underneath ground, right? Some are. I mean, they some uh, plants communicate much more than we would expect through pheromones in the air, something in the air that they put out, uh, and through the root systems. I think it's more of a, a collective. It's more of a collective intelligence that they have. I just mentioned mindset, mm -hmm. and their mindset is. I mean, they're persistent, and they're they're. Um, I'm, I'm tripping over my words because I don't want to say this one word yet, but 
they're they're persistent and aggressive and and urgent and adaptive and ultimately resilient but they're even they're even optimistic if you think about it i mean that weed that was in the growing out of the crack in the concrete would look pretty happy i could see it wasn't saying well gee this really sucks i saw myself as looking at the beach i mean living at the beach have that mindset then you can see it in evidence that's the thing i mean we don't they don't have a brain so we don't we can't talk to them they wouldn't be able to tell us anything but we can see it in their actions that they have this incredibly fierce mindset and it's sort of a group think board kind of mindset that's my question for you yeah when you say the word weed are you talking about the individual or are you talking about the weed as as uh a species as a as a presence when you think about you think you talk about the thinking or consciousness of the weed is it just the one stalk or is it all of that all of those dandelions well i think and one one aspect of it is the one that you saw in the middle of the the middle of the freeway yeah, well, the one that the one that I saw in the middle of the freeway is identical to all the other dandelions. Yeah. This one yeah. happened to land there, or the seed happened to land there. Mm-hmm. But you know what? So what? The, the the premise for the book really is that we can grow anything like a weed, including our own careers and our own sort of our own stature. Mm-hmm. We can grow anything that can grow can grow like a weed. We can apply this to anything. True. So we are individuals. But that gives us limitations because we have free will and that distracts us. Um, weeds aren't distracted by any of this. They run a process. They're just programmed to run this process and they do it aggressively. And if they get cut down, you see that they'll just they'll just go right back to work. We have to work at that. That's not easy for us. It's not natural for us. Mm. Not, not terribly. I mean, it, it is, but our emotions get in, it, they get in the way, right? I mean, you know, I know that that Robert is in the in in Colorado, and you were just near these fires, and it's a horrible thing to go through. But I know that that everyone there is going to be suffering also from just the effect of of their emotions. Like the emotions are going to be telling them, "This is horrible. With us, look what happened to us. This this just shouldn't be." You know, it's, it's just this is. But they might also then be saying, "Hey, but we're, we came through alive. We lost our house, but." We came through it alive and we still own the property and we still, all these trees will grow back. All the plants still grow back differently. Okay. Well, that's life. It changes. Things always change. So, but at the same time, we need to get going. What we need to do is just focus on what is. And that's actually one of the messages that seemed to come out from all of this study of weeds as, you know, as, as icons for growth is they seem to be saying, deal with what is, not what you think you deserve not what you think should have been not what it might have been deal with what is and and you know if we deal with what is then it makes us so much stronger actually because we're not we're not um, distracted i don't know if that answered your question though actually Stu, i uh, i i noticed that you used a, a word that's fascinating to me and that word is fierce and uh you know years ago uh susan scott wrote that series of books about fierce conversations, and mm-hmm. and and I actually get, I got value from it mm-hmm. because I was on this uh, kind of conflict between being a nice guy and having a kind of fierce attitude about and protective attitude about uh, avoiding harm in my business. You know, I had two hundred and forty people, and that I felt really accountable to, and sometimes accountable for, which is a violation of what I teach. 
but uh, it is how I felt. And uh, I found a lot of value in having someone lay out the case for being fierce. And I have a client today, a mentoring client. If I'm asked to describe her, that word would be, she's fierce. Mm -hmm. You know, she's, I mean, she's got a list of uh, handicaps a mile long, but boy, <laughs> she's fierce. She goes mm -hmm. for it. Yeah. And it, that's interesting that to me that you talked about weeds have this fierce mm -hmm. attitude or mindset or however we want to describe that quality. Yeah, they sure do. I mean, you could see it. You can see it. I mean, and certainly I'm not advocating stopping pulling the weeds in your yard, right? I mean, I'm not an advocate in that way. Um, you still have to yank them. But when you watch what they do, good God, they are just, they're, they're just an inspiration. And that same that same resilience, certainly, that, that they show will be important to you and your neighbors. Well, when you talk um, about when you talk about the weeds mm -hmm. uh, and, and you were talking about it's not just the fires in Denver, it's the tornadoes, it's the it's, the, you know, the the floods. It's all over all the issues. But what I heard was that people are going to get distracted by fear. They're going to get distracted by any emotions. And, you know, it could and, be entitlement as well. I mean, another <laughs> one is entitlement. Hey, I was supposed, you know, I was using weed strategy to counsel my daughter as she went through this horror of trying to, she, she was up here visiting and flying back to LA. So, well, she thought. So <laughs> I dropped her off at the, at the island shuttle, 730. She headed out into, and we had a snowstorm. So um, snowstorm. She flies yes. on a sea tech. Yes. When you were hearing about it on the news, she was headed there. And um, so she got there. I don't know. Her flight was supposed to leave at noon, and that one was canceled. You know, we know the story. Then the line was, it circled the the entire terminal to go up to the to the service desk. And when she finally got to the service desk, well, we don't know. It was a weather <laughs> cancellation, they said. So, so she's freaking out. She's thinking, I, you know, I'm going to. I can't do this. I have to get back for work. I feel like I'm going to get stuck here for a week or two. I'm going to get fired. And so she's texting us back and forth and, and saying, saying to her, hey, Rekha, I'm going to just inject weeds into this because you need to hear this. Weeds say deal with what is. And right now you're, you're not. You dump all those thoughts that are draining your focus about whether you're going to be there for a week or two. What you need to do is focus on just focus on what is. Deal with what is focus on getting through this knot so only take steps for that don't distract yourself with everything else and we can easily be distracted with well this really sucks you know i was expecting to be home at, at two she didn't get home until the next day probably about i think it was about 36 hours that it took her and so during that that time of disruption that happens in business too right and it happens constantly in life because you're going through these disruptions if you're distracted by what is or what you thought you deserved or what, you know, where you, where you would have, sorry, not, not distracted by what is, but distracted from that by things like, well, this is what I thought I deserved. This is what I, this is what I, where I thought I was going to be at this age, or this is where, this is where we're supposed to be in sales or whatever that is. You just drop those things and, and just step up and, and run your, your, your process essentially like the weeds do and don't get distracted by those, um, by those those emotions and those emotions tend to i mean i'm i'm formulating right now the syllabus for the weed mindset boot camp training that will <laughs> be a spin off wonderful i am going to have a blast with this and so you know what 
when you take on the weed mindset, you're going to be doing a lot of things. It's it's an action oriented training, and and the reason is that weeds don't have emotions. But I think if they could talk to us, they'd say, you know what, you are led around around by your emotions, like you're led around by the nose by your emotions, and you don't even realize it. And and those emotions then lead your actions, and that's the back that's a backward way to do it. So we're going to change that for you now you're going to let your actions lead your emotions and so just things like for me getting up in the morning and rowing for a half an hour for 5,000 meters it just manufactures optimism and you want you want to know why it's because i'm doing what i would be what i would have been otherwise doing if i was feeling let's say more optimistic so whatever it is whatever behaviors you have that you would the things that you'd be doing if you were optimistic things that would mark your optimism to, to to people from the outside, start doing those things right now. We insist you do that right now and let your actions start leading your emotions. It's it's crazy, but it actually works. You know, I just went through a, a an episode here where Saturday night there was a, a sort of these rolling brownouts and and it, and it turns out there were a lot of surges in the electrical system all night long. So I lost my monitor in the morning. I didn't know. I just went to start up my computer. I've got a ton of things to get done. But I couldn't start up the computer because the, the monitor wasn't lighting and um, or wasn't getting power. I don't know what it was, but fried it. And and it may have fried one of my external drives. I don't know. I might have lost a lot of data. I don't know. But the weeds say deal with what is. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to say, oh, shoot, I'll find all those videos in there and I'll just, I'll regrow them. I don't know. I'll deal with what is. And it, it really helps to do this. So the weed mindset, it's about becoming optimistic and persistent and aggressive and urgent and adaptive and resilient. And there, there are exercises that we'll go through to just sort of accentuate those things, bring them out to the forefront of your mind so that you can start focusing on those things. Let those things sort of take over for you. You know, many, uh, many of my corporate clients, uh, when I first start working with them, have strategies. Well, they all have a strategy. And uh, if they're big enough, they've got a big book from uh, McKinsey or Boston Consulting Group or someone like that. If they're smaller, they've got something, but they've got a strategy. And what's always fascinating to me is they often don't have a strategy for managing themselves. <laughs> uh, you know, and I think that's what you're talking about here is to have a strategy that uh, takes some of the random worry and concern and projection about the future, brings it down to what am I looking at right now? Uh, And in in my field, they call it, uh, we use the uh, Buddhist saying uh, to develop a selfless regard for reality, Mm -hmm. you know, to get the self, the ego out of the way and just see what's true. Uh, That's fascinating. I can't wait to hear more about your uh, training, Stu. I think it's going to be great. I think it'll be great. You know, the other interesting thing is about the training is that I think business owners are going to love the training because Actually, I think the people who take it will love it, too. The thing is, we also need to think in terms of, uh, I mean, there's the fear, the ferocity of, of the, the weed mindset, but also part of the mindset is being part of a whole. It's being part of a group, part of a, mm-hmm. part of a, let's say, a, a hive or a grove or something, but I mean a group. And I think that every employee, imagine if what they did was they suddenly realized, you know, we're here together, we're a team. Yeah, we're, I guess we have rivalries. I don't know, but we're a team, and this is our moment in time. We this could be a time that we could look back on 
later in our lives to say, oh my God, that's when everything changed. We can create a movement right here in this business, but we've got to do it together. We've got to congeal as a group and as a team. And so I think, I think that the weed mindset uh, will also be just a wonderful thing for, for developing a, a culture of, I don't know, cooperation and collaboration, but, a, but more like just of, of oh my God, this, we're, this is a moment in time that we're, that we're having and we're part of it. I mean, like, what are, what are the people that work at SpaceX feel? You know, they must be just saying, this is incredible. We're going to be the ones leading mankind to Mars. But we can be creating those same kinds of cohesiveness in, our own, in any business, I think, in any group, really. Mm-hmm. If there is a shared mission and everyone understands it and buys into it, um, then th- there's a movement afoot. And so weed mindset has to do with that as well. I think it's going to be a great thing for, for businesses all around. But, I mean, people can take it into, as an individual, and, and I think they'll get a lot out of it. I mean, I'm getting a lot out of it because I'm saying, what's the, for- what's the syllabus going to be? What am I going to teach? Mm-hmm. What am I going to say out of the book? And, but I'm applying it. And it changed, it's changing my life right now. Well, um, Stu, uh, you've gained another customer. I'm going to buy the book. Oh, good. <laughs> good <then we're laughs> and, uh, because I, what I'm attracted to is, is not just concepts, but the ability to turn them into action. And a little action we're going to take right now is to take a brief break. Uh, and we'll be right back with this fascinating conversation. Well, we're going to give you one quick thought here that uh, plays into what we've been talking about here today. Our two hosts have lived extraordinary lives and been extraordinary entrepreneurs, and Robert White, certainly one of them. He mentors extraordinary entrepreneurs and executives just like you, people who want better results from their leadership performance. He shows them how to turn those results into increased personal joy and satisfaction as well. Robert founded and led two large training industry success stories. He's been there and done that, and his experience will help you find and achieve that extraordinary success you seek in your life. So why wait? Reach out and see what Robert can do for you today. Just email him at robert at extraordinarypeople.com, robert at extraordinarypeople.com, and start living the extraordinary life you've earned. Does your company have a clear vision? Do you have the right people in the right seats? Are you consistently getting the results you want and enjoying the journey? If not, consider EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. EOS is a set of simple concepts and practical tools used by more than 100,000 companies around the world to clarify, simplify, and achieve their vision. Schedule your free 90-minute meeting with an EOS implementer at eosworldwide.com today. That's eosworldwide.com. And now back to our show. Will, you've been more quiet than you normally are. Well, you're deep in thought. I was going to share with Stu, I mean, the kind of things you're talking about, Stu, for the organization. uh, What, you know, the entrepreneurial operating system talks about the EOS life. And, And the five things are do what you love doing. Well, that weed is obviously doing what it loves doing right? It's thriving Yeah, uh, it, with people that you love. And that to me is when you have 100% of the people in the organization all sharing your core values, that's a weed. I mean, that's the whole, the whole species of whatever that weed species is, that they all come from the, from the seeds. And so they, they all share in that. So doing what you love with people you love, 
making a great contribution. And, and those weeds are making a great contribution. We may not see them as valuable, but there is something about the whole structure of life and nature and all of that that's putting those weeds there for a reason. It's bringing it out. And we might call them invasive, but there's something happening there that's in, you know, drawing those weeds to move forward. So what you love with people you love, making a great contribution, being compensated appropriately, which means they're getting, they're getting the food, the air, the water, the, they're getting what they need to grow. And then finally, and this is the kicker, is having plenty of time left over for your other passions. I mean, just thinking about weed consciousness, what, what is that weed doing other than just being? Well, they're, again, they're programmed. They're more like a board, you know, so uh -huh. they're, they, they don't have hobbies, things that they love. To do. I think they just love to grow like crazy. You know, they're workaholics probably. But, mm -hmm. but here's the other thing, though. They take, the whole, they take half the year off. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, that's in essence. But if you're, you know, if you happen to be an annual plant, then that's not good. <laughs> that's, you're, you're done. <laughs> but the perennials, they take a half year off. I mean, I don't, we couldn't even do that. What do you think they're doing in that half year that they're taking? They're off? rebuilding, recharging, dreaming. Perhaps, yeah, perhaps. <laughs> you know, here's the interesting thing. There are a lot of a lot of models. You mentioned the EOS, and then there's there's um, the flywheel, and there's traction tires, and uh -huh. um, you know, Blue Ocean, et cetera. The thing about weeds, and I'm going to make this crazy prediction, and it's going to it's going to make me sound like I'm the chief weed officer of the world or something, but like this crazy nut. I think this actually will become the top, the top grossing business growth strategy book in the world. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that's not because I wrote it, not because in fact probably probably a detriment that it's my name attached to it. It's not because it's my book, but it's because weeds are so awesome. They're all over the world. Everyone knows what it means to grow like a weed. And we can see what they're doing. We, if you think about it, I mean, instead of just thinking of them as pests, and I hope this happens, I hope that that's one of the effects of the book is that people say, well, hang on a second. Look what that weed is doing. Now, that's incredible. Look what it's doing. How can I, what can I learn from that? And, and like, look at how it's, you know, it's doing things that the other plants aren't that cause it to conquer territory that just voraciously. So, I mean, for example, I'm, a, I'm, in a, I'm in a Douglas fir forest. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm on an island, right? So there's Douglas firs, and then there's those, those red alders that fall over. But the, the, the Douglas firs, they're these big, tall trees. They're not quite the size of a sequoia, but we know that a lot of, for example, venture capital groups are named after trees because they see that as, as metaphors for growth. But here's the thing. Those big, tall trees drop these little pine cones and they don't go anywhere. They just go right. They drop right at their roots, right at their feet. They don't spread anywhere. But the dandelion, on the other hand, and there are other weeds that do this much more aggressively and, and effectively, but the dandelion pops those seeds out and those things fly all over the place. They, they probe every opportunity to take root and grow. And, and that is what I think we should be more like in business rather than a sequoia or, a, or, or any, any evergreen, uh, Tree that just drops, it really doesn't do much to, to spread itself at all. Weeds are incredible at this. And That's so if we just watch what they do, we'll, we'll get a lot of, a, a lot of inspiration and, and wisdom from them. That's an incredible metaphor for challenging business times. Uh, I think that, that, that kind of uh, 
being part of an ecosystem that rewards that kind of growth and, and encourages it. So, you know, that uh, a tragedy here in the Denver area years ago was uh, was identified as uh, with one word, Columbine. The at the Columbine uh, High School, uh, you know, horrible, horrible deaths. Out of that, uh, I mean, I was affected. Anybody in Colorado was particularly affected. Uh, my friend John Denver was very affected. And out of that, he wrote a song. And the name of the song is The Flower That Shattered the Stone. And on the cover of that out of that CD is an actual stone with a, with a, it had to be a flower, I guess, a, an evolved form of a weed, <laughs> perhaps, uh, growing out of the stone naturally. And I've always felt like that metaphor, that a, a weed, a, a flower can grow anywhere and it can shatter a rock. It can literally explode something that we thought was fixed. And I think in business today, many of my clients and, and even personally, sometimes we have a tendency to see the issues before us as that rock that we can't get through. Mm -hmm. And yet somebody, oh, quite often we, we hear stories People get through those rocks. They do. They do. And, and you, know, you think about, again, going back to the dandelion and the crack in the freeway, you know, it didn't make the crack. But here's the thing. It, it's, I think it's very significant that it's not a rose bush growing out of the crack. They would never do that. It's not it's certainly not one of these big, tall Douglas firs growing out of that crack. They get rid of that. But it's not, it's not a petunia. It's not, it's not any of those polite plants. It's a weed. It's a dandelion. <laughs> and, and you think about this is really interesting. The seeds of a, of a dandelion, they don't just drop to the ground. They fly and they probe and they probe every opportunity to take root. Think about that. That's an unfair advantage. <laughs> you know, all those other plants, they don't get to do it. They don't do that. But weeds have this whole mechanism for, um, for, for producing unfair advantages. And of course, it took them a long time. It's over, their, over millions of years of evolution. But but they've evolved these incredibly fascinating approaches, tools, strategies. I'm not sure what you what we'd want to call it, but these approaches to to these problems. Like how do we how do we spread? They're not the biggest plant in the world, but they're. I mean, if you take a look at the distribution map of a sequoia, of the sequoia species versus the dandelion, you'll see a completely different performance. And I guess that's really what it is. I mean, which one grew? Really, I think it's the map that that is sort of the big. I mean, like how much how much territory, how much of the market did you capture? And the weeds are very very good at making that happen. But they do it also. And I mentioned mindset, but I think one of the more one of the also really interesting things is how they create these unfair advantages. Wow, this is good stuff, Will. <laughs> yeah, it's better be. <laughs> Uh, I can imagine many of our listeners and viewers right now thinking about how they could be a, a, a weed, maybe a little less uh, glamorous than the petunia, but a lot more effective. Very cool. Yeah, you know, I think if you want to think of a, of a great example of someone who is, who is a human weed, this is kind of funny. I'm, I'm, we're going to be launching, when we launch the book, I'm also launching an annual award called the total weed award <laughs> so that's gonna be a lot of fun to give out um and i think the first person who will get it i'm gonna have a committee so it won't just be me uh, deciding who gets it but i think well certainly my vote would go to elon because elon musk geez look what this guy does 
I mean, this guy, he takes chances. He's it's always he'll go broke trying to get something to work, and um, and and then you look at how look at his process for for teaching himself how to make these how to how to, how to launch a rocket that I mean a booster that will, will that's big enough to launch useful payloads like you know a, a capsule full of astronauts to the ISS etc. And then come back and land propulsively. We'd never seen that before. They always, you know, they always just fell into the ocean, the boosters. But and he he would did it and and he'd try to get it to work. And it wouldn't work and it wouldn't work. Some blew up on the on the pad. But eventually they got it. They they flew and then they come down and they missed the landing and then missed the landing. And then it was big news when they stuck a landing. And then pretty soon it was like really it's just it's so so commonplace now. Only for them. Oh no! I guess Jeff has has a sort of a tourist ride, but otherwise, only for for SpaceX is this happening, where they're launching payloads into space and having those boosters come back down. And you know, if he's launching the the heavy, remember the first time they launched the heavy, and so it's three rockets side by side, and so two of them strip away, sort of early in the flight, and those two came down together like a it was like a duet, crazy. So you just watch what he does, then you watch. Now what he's doing with Starship and that whole evolution of he try fails, tries and fails, tries and fails, tries and fails, and then tries and succeeds. And suddenly he's doing things that no one else can do. Do you think Elon is doing all of that? Or does he have a group of people who that he trusts and he's delegated to and that he can be the visionary and keeps holding them up and and uh, uh pushing forward, he's willing to take personal risks, financially, yeah. emotionally. What I find fascinating is it's the entire organization is focused on getting to Mars, focused yeah. on dropping that, you know, having that booster come right back down. It's focused on doing these things. It's something about, it's more than that one person. So, it, it, and, and it's it's not just the one weed, it's the entire weed world for that dandelion the dandelion that doesn't make it that's okay because there's a million more yep. cracks around the world but you so you think that that's a, a challenge but it's actually you're agreeing we're in agreement total mm -hmm. agreement here elon is the elon is a total weed in the way that he operates in the way that but it isn't elon launching these things he's built an entire collective of weeds which is part of running this whole weed system uh -huh. you can't do it alone i, I mentioned Actually, I mentioned at the outset that weeds win by leveraging a fierce mindset and unfair advantages against collective scale. So that's another part of this, just that you know, we're, as humans, we're taught to train to become self-reliant. I mean, that's, I think, a just a highly prized attribute for, for anybody. And, and that happens when, let's say, when we're in kindergarten or preschool, and we, I look, the first time we play uh, musical chairs, and you're saying, whoa, where's my chair? And, the, and you don't ever let that happen again. You become aware of what competition is, what it means, and, and you watch and you, you become good at it or, or, or you don't, or maybe you don't. I don't know, maybe sulk or something. But, and then we're, then we're encouraged, of course, go to school, get, study hard, get good grades, get into a good college, get good grades, get a great job, maybe go to, or maybe go to graduate school, but eventually get a great job. But you know what? You can't scale jobs. You can't have a thousand jobs. Not a... All of this is one-to-one -one leverage. It's 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 inflating one-to-one -one leverage as much as we possibly can. But one-to-one -one leverage is a 
it's a good thing because we have to, as entrepreneurs, we have to be highly, highly capable people and highly motivated and so forth. I mean, we have to be self-sufficient. But at the same time, it's obvious. If we just rely on ourselves, then we then we we forever damn what we're doing to never growing, because you can't grow based on, on just doing it yourself. You have to grow a whole a collective of of weeds, essentially, like just like Elon has, just like Robert, just like you had uh, in your business. You had a you had a good sized business going there, and you couldn't have done these things alone. You have to you have to network together and produce something together, a much bigger a much bigger effect in the world than certainly any one person could could uh, could achieve or any one of the I think you said 280 people that were at one point were part of your your business and so you've got to gel together so that you collectively create some or produce something that um, I don't know in, in Elon's case it changes the world but in our cases it, it certainly changes something in our markets it creates an effect that we couldn't do without uh, without a whole team behind us. So uh, over the over the weekend, I uh, uh, watched and listened to the Babylon Bee interview with Elon Musk. Now, so I'm fascinated. Why would this guy, given where he is and the money he's juggling and the businesses he's juggling, why would he choose to have a long form interview with a satire humor uh, site? <laughs> You know, and uh, but he explained that uh, about how valuable uh, humor was to him and that it was based in a core value that he has, which is to be literal. In other words, to describe reality uh, accurately and emotion free. He's a fairly well, uh, you know, uh, this is something where I feel somewhat qualified. He's a fairly emotionally centered guy. I mean, he has some emotional intelligence, really. Yet he also sees that he doesn't want that to get in the way of his making better decisions. It's a fascinating interview, and there's a lot in it. And by the way, Will, he actually, in addition to whatever leadership qualities he has uh, as chief weed, you're oh, going to have to... That's the Total Weed Award. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they ask him a question about uh, these these rockets. And he got into details about the throw weight of a of a certain kind of engine and the limitations of it. It went way beyond my scientific knowledge. But what was clear was he was clear about it. And it was a detail that I did not expect to hear from him, given his overall uh, responsibilities in the world. You know, that's a piece where, uh, yes, he's dependent on all of those people, but he knows enough about the subject to go toe to toe with what if one of his people come to him with an idea. It's a very impressive interview. And and of course it's goofy because it is the Babylon B <laughs> interviewing him. But yeah. I, I, I highly recommend when, it. When when he was when he was uh interviewed by Joe Rogan, I mean pulling out pulling out a joint. Uh, I mean that was that was pure humor. That was not a political statement. It uh, wasn't indulgence. It was humor. We're having yes. fun here. Yes. And well, uh, Stu, we're going to wrap things up in a moment. And I wanted to give you an opportunity to speak with our audience. For uh, How could they contact or you? Or do you even want them to contact you up there in your hideout in Whitby Island? Uh, how can they support you? How can we support you? What have you got to say here to this uh, uh, mostly business-oriented audience that we have? Sure. 
Sure. Well, no, I, I said no, but I was just joking. <laughs> um, come and visit me on my site, uh, stuheinek.com. So S-T-U-H-E-I-N-E-C-K-E.com or find me on, actually LinkedIn is probably a good way to connect as well. But if you come to stuheinek.com, not only will you see the, well, eventually you'll see the, the redesign. That's pretty cool. I don't know if anyone cares that you redesign your website, but what I do. But the thing that you might care about is if you come now, you can um, you can sign up to be on my list, and then you get a, a, a free um, a free look, the first two chapters of the book. You'll get, boom, it'll zing right over to you. So, so I think that's probably the best way to do it. Well, wonderful. Will, you're always the best at wrapping up these wonderful sessions. So oh, I, I think <laughs> it's been a wonderful time because what, what I hear is what I hear is that you keep looking at the one person is the weed. And I think the reality is the weed consciousness is one that's really exciting because while you were attracted to that one dandelion in the, the freeway, that one dandelion represented one out of a million opportunities that were there and who knows how long that dandelion lasted in the crack but we know that millions of those dandelions all over existed and so to see that one dandelion as one manifestation of the weed consciousness i think that's where it's really exciting because if if elon musk were to be taken tomorrow we would look for somebody else to be part of that weed mentality. Understanding, we're we're going to Mars. We're changing the way that that automobiles are built. We're electrifying this whole country. I mean, that whole sense. And I think that's what you you got your finger on there, which is really exciting. And I'm looking forward to see how that uh, how that fleshes out with your with your training and your book and your workbook and whatever else is following up. So wonderful. And when you get rich and famous, Stu, just remember, we helped launch you. That's right. I'll, I'll remember this. I'll look back at this when I wasn't famous. And Stu, do you remember, <laughs> do you remember the book that we were, going to, we were going to write together? It was going to be called Rocket Fuel? Yes, but you know what that turned into? Oh, look at that cup. That's it. Rocket well, Fuel Cup. Shoot. Well, so it, what it turned into was how to get a meeting with anyone. That's, well, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's that, wonderful. That was it. Well, it turns also turns out that that one of the key books in uh, uh, EOS is is called Rocket Fuel, uh, so it's still working, and we're still still Excellent. talking. So that's, that's wonderful. wonderful. Well, thanks to everyone for participating. As a listener, as a viewer, we appreciate your support. Uh, and uh, Stu, thank you so much for sharing so openly and vulnerably. And uh, we really appreciate you coming out of your hideout to uh, share with our audience. And I look forward to getting the book. It's, it's already ordered. Goodbye to all. Take care. All the best. Well, there you have it. Another great example of why you got to tune in. Overhear some conversations with maybe some not so famous but real achievers like our guest today. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. Streaming live from our studios here at the University of California, Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center. 